3: minimum of 4 lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due $35 per line connection charge applies ctmobile.com
4: well that can only mean one thing welcome <laughs> in on a thursday <laughs> okay so we still don't know where new stadium is going no
1: really we we don't shouldn't we have <laughs> yeah. known by now i I feel like that should have happened. Hmm.
4: I might be laughing because I was up until about 1 a.m. Last <laughs> night was one of those nights where I couldn't sleep.
1: Uh, sorry. But it's also
4: possible I'm just laughing because of the ridiculousness now of this process. If you missed the story in the star overnight, um, there might be another site back in play.
1: I just, I I can't even keep track, first of all. So, yeah, initially there were 15 and then it was 13 and then they narrowed it all the way down to two for us. It was either going to be the east side of downtown or it was going to be north of the river. And now all of a sudden, wouldn't you know, all eyes are looking over at the former home of the Kansas City Star, the old KC Star Pavilion And that may be making a late push while, by the way, the Jackson County Stadium Committee has now gotten together and had a meeting behind closed doors, which is exactly how this stuff ought to happen. (sighs) Uh, To try to figure out what they're going to do to ensure the future of not only the Royals, but also the Chiefs down in not necessarily downtown, but in Jackson County. So, yeah, the mess has gotten even messier now. And didn't we need to add in another viable or conceivably viable third option because the two that we had weren't enough? What is the problem? It's so annoying. What is
4: the problem? What don't I know? What is going on behind the scenes really that has got us to this point where we don't have this done yet? Here's my favorite quote from the story out of Fox 4 talking about this committee. Mm -hmm so this is the stadium improvements committee now through the jackson through jackson county figure out what we're gonna do here it's it's this is the new group that's gonna figure this out they met for the first time yesterday um during the public portion of the meeting megan marshall who's on that committee asked if county executive frank white was invited to the meeting and um isn't it manny abarka is the chairman and he said that is not the normal process and she said Well, I understand that, but I just said, this is not normal.
1: (laughs) No joke. Uh Uh-huh. None of this is normal. I mean, this is, it's gotten to the point of being a parody of itself. It's just every time something comes out, I think, yeah, they, they should just call it the this is not normal committee because nothing about this entire process has been normal. And still, we have no answers nine one three
4: five eight six seven seven nine eight if you want in. um I'll be honest, I don't I'm not educating myself about the funding of this particular site yet until I know if we're serious about this. But just from a map point of view, the one advantage and for those who don't know what we're talking about, it's 16th and McGee yeah, it's the big Kansas City star building there with all that um all that turquoise glass, glass. Yep. Right. that super cool building that was sold a couple of years ago um or that the star vacated a couple of years ago the advantage to that site just from a practical point of view is that it already has all the stuff around it that they want to put around a downtown stadium if you go to that east side east ish side site all that has to be filled in there and if you put it on 16th and mcgee all that is already there. You've already got the infra. Truman Truman runs right through there. I mean, you've already got the roads and everything right there.
1: And the restaurants and all of the other right. stuff that you would want around there for people to be able to hang out but both before and after the games.
4: Right. Aside from that, I don't, I don't get why this site is in play. And um, David Johnson, who we've had on the show before to talk about um, transit, he's a big transit guy in Kansas City. You can imagine Twitter last night about this. People were like, there is no way this is going in the East Crossroads. (laughs) Nobody (laughs) wants this there. Yeah. Um, You're just trying to squeeze it into a tiny little, I mean, you think people are already complaining about parking, about if it were to go on the East side? Just wait if they were to put it where the star building is.
1: Okay, yes. All of that is absolutely true. But the other thing that's absolutely maddening about this is what we've talked about before. The fact that nobody seems to say anything that has any kind of longevity to it at all. Because keep in mind, I mean, when the story out of the star, and I'm going to read this verbatim, it's only a couple of sentences. It says the Royals have spent recent weeks quietly analyzing the possibility of a ballpark location along downtown Kansas city's South loop. After, uh, after they were approached once more about the concept, the sources told the star, okay, it was the, it was the Royals themselves who narrowed it down to the two sites that it was narrowed down to. They were the ones who said it's going to go here or it's going to go here. So now they're, quote, unquote, quietly analyzing the possibility of this third site. Why? It was your idea to narrow it down to two sites.
4: What are you doing? So are we no longer talking about North Casey? Does that does it seem like now that we're kind of, that's kind of off the table? Well, Publicly, mm, at least.
1: I, have I heard anything new about it lately? No. But does that mean that it's, that it's completely yeah. off the table? No. That, I mean, they haven't shut the door on it. So here are a couple of a
4: couple of things I saw on Twitter as far as advantages of this um, East Crossroads site from a couple of people I follow on Twitter that know what they're talking about. Pointing out it is closer to the streetcar,
0: mm-hmm. which yes. is a
4: good that's a good advantage. I mean, that's genuinely a very solid, very good advantage. You especially when you deal with cars and parking and all that. Streetcar's great. Um somebody said it fixes the outfield issue. And I don't know what that means exactly. I don't know if that means view of which way it would,
1: well, yeah. which way it would point. I mean, it's yeah. If if you go to the place where we've all been convinced it's going to go from the very beginning into the the eastern on the east side of downtown in the government district, uh, it's not pretty. I mean, the, there's nothing there that you're going to see that, uh, from the outfield standpoint. You're looking over the outfield wall. That's going to make you go, boy. That's uh, that's a really nice view of the interstate. I, yeah
4: um i i just don't know what it's going to take to get this done and i don't the frank white part of this doesn't help anything no and and the process is just confusing you know before he was charged that what did they give him 48 hours last time 72 hours last time to respond about the deal yeah it was on the table wasn't that like a week and a half ago which we never heard anything more about nope
1: not a word no 913-586-7798
4: 913-586-7798 if you are as frustrated as we are feel free to get it
1: yeah let's go to ashley in kansas city up next or she's in kck this morning hi ashley
0: hi guys yeah this is dumb this is the dumbest idea they've come up with yet i don't know if they're trying to get a better deal from the other two sites or what's going on there's no exits off of the highway to get to that location except for broadway right there by the Kaufman center there's not parking down there. My husband had a gig at Record Bar one night where there was, when there was a event going on at the Sprint Center. We had to <laughs> unload his drum and park drums and park three blocks away. Yeah. From the record bar. There's this is a horrible, horrible idea. Traffic in the downtown loop would be absolutely unmanageable. They would have to redo all of the highways downtown. This is a horrible horrible idea i don't know who thought that this was a smart thing but this is not going to work putting it at 16th and mcgee
1: i i'm not going to argue with you at all i, well, I mean, thank you ashley for the call i th- yeah i think that's absolutely true but i mean from from where i'm sitting right now and from where i have been sitting for months on this I'm getting really sick of closed-door meetings and quiet little investigations and knock this stuff off. This needs to happen in the open, in the sunshine, in front of all of the people who not only are going to be paying for this stadium, but the ones who are going to be paying to go to see the ball games there. How about being a little more open and honest with the people who are going to be utilizing that building?
4: It just makes no sense. And again, I'm not even... And John, maybe you've read through more of the funding process here than I have. I I don't understand it as well as I probably should. Admittedly, the streetcar is the only. Ashley's absolutely right. Yeah, the streetcar is the only advantage there. the The advantage of the East Side location is that there's open space. Uh, now, I get you have to fill in restaurants and stuff, but once you build the stadium, restaurants are going to go up. That's not going to be an issue.
1: Well, yeah, and even if you think, okay, well, the the idea is that people will park on the other side of the interstate in downtown, you know, in, in that area, and then take the streetcar over across, that's all fine and good, but keep in mind... I mean, unlike other cities where the, the public transportation is underground or elevated, like in Chicago or whatever, the streetcar has to share the streets with the cars. And and Ashley's right. If you've got people that are driving in and looking for parking and have no idea where they're going, you're going to have nothing but traffic jams, which kind of takes the streetcar out of the mix.
4: And I, I get that. And, and the text line is reflecting this a little bit, too. It is fueling the just leave it where it is argument. Yeah. It's which I don't agree with, I you know, but but I get why people are saying you know what if you can't figure this out, <laughs> exactly, leave it where it is. Yes,
1: right. right. If this is so difficult, leave it there. And and just they're they're not helping themselves again by keeping all of this nonsense in the dark. They are not helping themselves at all. If they came out and said, well, I'm going to go back to what you said in the in the outset of this. I don't get what the holdup is. And if you don't get what the holdup is, and I don't get what the holdup is, and everybody listening doesn't understand why they can't come to a decision, that means that they haven't been anywhere near open enough about this. Because if we're in a situation right now where the Royals can't decide, then they need to explain to us why. What is it? What are the issues that need to be clear? Because they keep saying the same thing that doesn't actually say anything. Well, we still have a number of issues that need to be clarified. Okay, what are they? Money. Well, it yeah, is money. then say that and and let's talk about how far we are from any of the three sites, which again is just galling to even say at this point. Let's talk about what those money issues are. What are we looking at in terms of dollars and what are you trying to squeeze out of the city or out of Clay County to try to get this stadium deal done? if If we don't know the answers to any of those questions, guess who's going to be end up getting end up, end up getting the shaft if there is one to be had here? The taxpayers, the ones who had no input on this whatsoever.
4: A couple of you on the text line, and it's a couple of different numbers now, are, I'm because I'm sort of coming back to um, square one a little bit in my head, and a couple of you have said, at this point, just put it out at the Legends. Yeah, so it's an opposite right. problem. You know, you're just going far the other way. The point was to have a downtown stadium. That's not a downtown stadium either. Right. But at least out there, you already have the Speedway, you already have soccer, you already have restaurants, you already have shopping, casino, you've got the roads. I mean, that's
1: whatever. Okay. Hey, yeah. Listen, if you want to put it 15 minutes from my house, I'm down. (laughs) That's fine with me. But I I think, again, that is going to leave off half of your fan base. So, I, I mean... The whole point, getting back to your point, the whole point of having a downtown stadium in the first place is that it's central to everything. If it takes everybody 25 minutes to get there, that's a win.
4: 913-586-7798 if you want to get in here. Still to come this hour, get to the story out of Olathe. There was an SUV that was sold. Turns out it was too dangerous to be on the road. What homework do you do? How do you make sure that the vehicle that you buy is safe to be on the road? Get to that coming up here on KMBZ. So it appears as though one of the sites that was on that original list that John Sherman and the Royals were looking at for a site to move to, one of the ones that they dismissed now is back on the table. And this is the one, this is the former Casey Star building at 16th and McGee. It looks like they're talking about this one now.
1: Yeah, so, again, this is according to unnamed sources for the Kansas City Star, but, I mean, they've cultivated a lot of sources all over the years, and they're usually pretty accurate, so it's at least in the mix. And with that, we'll go to Dan in Lenexa. Hey, Dan.
5: Hey, good morning, Jamie and John. Morning. Hi. Hey, listen, this latest proposed possible site for the new Royal Stadium makes no sense at all. If you remember from the outset, John Sherman has said multiple times the reason, although they love Coffin Stadium, there's no development around it. The reason they wanted to have a new site is because they need to increase revenue above and beyond what they get from the operation of the stadium, tickets, parking, concessions, etc., so they can compete with other teams in Major League Baseball. And there is absolutely no space around the former Kansas City Star location to develop a ballpark village. It will have a central location, admittedly, but uh, that alone is not going to get the Royals the revenue they want unless they were thinking about quadrupling parking and ticket prices. I just don't understand that, why it makes any sense at all. Right, or,
1: or just buying everybody out who's already there. I mean, it's, it's nice to have the restaurant business and everything else all you know within walking distance within a couple of blocks of the stadium. But you make a very good point in the fact that if the, the Royals aren't making any money off of that, it doesn't do them any good. Absolutely that that's the whole issue right there the way I see it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Dan, thank you. Um, thanks for the call. Okay, so I'm looking at a map
4: of what's around there. If somebody wants to educate me, if you drive down there more than I do about what's what is adjacent to it as far as property that's available, because I can't think of any. Um I'm looking at 16th and McGee. There's there are a couple of businesses there on McGee. Um, there are a couple of businesses that I really like. Chartreuse Saloon is around the corner. The pairing is right around the corner. Resurrection Church is right there.
1: What's the, the mule, the distillery, um, mean mule is, is, yeah, block or two away over
4: that direction. I mean, there are, so that's the cool thing about this site is that parlor is a block or two away. I mean, maybe you don't need a ballpark village. You don't have to create that. Because you've already got a lot of restaurants and stuff that are there, maybe this is a simpler process True, if you but, put it there.
1: But to his point, that doesn't make the Royals any money. And, Correct. Uh, so what you'd have to do is you'd have to buy a lot of those businesses out, and at that point, I mean, you could do that, but that's also it's an added cost again for the team. So it just, yeah, he's right. There's there's a lot about this that doesn't quite wash.
4: Aesthetically, I don't like it being right off six seventy. I don't like it being right there with the interstate running right below that. Mm-hmm. I don't like that for pedestrian traffic. I don't like that for the look. I don't, it it just, again, if you want a ballpark village, you got to surround it with stuff. And I just don't like that. I don't like the interstate being right there.
1: Yeah, it, it does cut you off on one side. But, tr- I mean, in the same respect, the government district has the same issue.
4: Give me an address. Remind me. Um. Exactly. Okay. You're talking about 13th and. Uh, uh,
1: yeah, it's, it's 13th and like Charlotte. 13th and. Uh, yeah. Yeah.
4: I was just looking to see exactly what was around there. I could not remember. I was looking at Prospect. I mean, you're right. It's similar.
1: But not as prominent. There's a lot more empty space, though. There's a lot more empty space where you could build new, like he was talking about, uh, where you could put a a ballpark village type thing. I hate that because I remember how badly badly that went in St. Louis. I just hate the name. It makes me shake a little bit. But, uh, yeah, you could have some kind of development there that the Royals could be in charge of and own. Somebody just said, um,
4: where did this go? Uh, Just uh, build the bar. Build the ballpark village where it is. People won't go. If, if it was that simple, they would have done it already.
1: Oh, you, you mean where it is, where, where the stadium sits now? Oh, yeah. I think that's what they're referring to, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, it's the only thing that... It, it would be disconnected from everything else. You could build that there, but the, you nobody's going to live there. Nobody lives there now. So you're not going to have the same... The same ability to have more out there than just that.
4: I, I know a couple of you have said, I think we referenced this already, that they were going to build, John, I think you mentioned this, that they were going to build a park or, you know, green space over 670 or I-70 there. Yep. You've still got the interstate right there, though. You can't build over all of it. <laughs> you know, you it's still going to be, you're just going to have that really big artery right there. And for some reason, that bugs me more with the Crossroads location than it does for the East Village site.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, it's it's got issues. Uh, but I mean, they just they need to open up and talk some more. They they need to let the public in on this. Otherwise, they're going to take their own fan base and really, I mean, torque them more to the point that they already have.
4: Does it matter? Is it only going to matter in that vote in April? Because that's what they were aiming for. Is yeah. there is there motivation for them to be more public about it?
1: Unfortunately, no. I mean, that's an excellent point because. All they care about is selling tickets to the games. So, uh, yeah, likely not. But it just I mean, from a from a public standpoint, I mean, it's it's a really nasty PR move, yeah, um, but I mean, are, are they going to absorb that over time? probably. just it just makes me irritated. <laughs>
4: I know, me too. I even said to John this morning. I was like, should we even talk about this today? Uh-huh. Okay, that I think we did our, our due diligence there. Uh, if you still want to get in, 913-586-7798. All right, still to come, we will get to the story out of Olathe. The reason this car lot is being investigated because of what it sold. Get to that coming up on KMBZ.
3: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours.
6: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
4: Phone number 913-586-7798. Okay, where does the responsibility lie? To make sure you as a buyer are getting a car that is roadworthy. Uh, it's becoming a question in Olathe.
1: Yeah, there's uh, this is one of the stories that came out of Channel 4 out of their problem solvers. And it's online. I mean, you can find it on their website. But the deal is that f- from their standpoint, what they're worried about is that a woman bought a car. From a guy who she thought was a licensed dealer because he had been bragging on Facebook about how he made a good living selling cars and all of this, blah blah blah. Um, She bought the car from him, found out he's not a licensed dealer afterward, and found out that the car was effectively falling apart. It's it's rusting to pieces. Uh, according to one of their experts, I guess, who looked over the car, it said it at 155,000 miles on it. They're thinking it's closer to 255. That Somebody may have wow. kicked it in the head. Um, sorry, that's auto parlance for rolling back an odometer. That's what they call that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> sorry. <Yeah. laughs> Dad was in the business for a while. I figured that's what happened. So, yeah, um, they're, yeah they're thinking that, that that's what happened. And and the that part of this aside, uh, because there are all kinds of issues with this, Really, what that amounts to is there's only a certain number of cars based on which state you're in that you're able to sell every year without getting a dealer license. So even if you just privately buy a car and then sell it the next day, you can only do that a certain number of times a year before you have to call yourself a dealer and get licensed. There are ways around that, and there's not a lot of oversight, but... Really, the the beginning, middle, and end of this story is they go through some of the problems with this particular car, and it was so bad. It's a GMC Envoy, uh, which is an SUV, and they said, the. in fact, they showed a picture of it as well, that the spare tire on those is up under the floor. So you have okay. to unscrew it from under the floor to let the tire down in order to get that out. A lot of okay. bigger SUVs and trucks are like that. It's not in the trunk because there isn't one. So they said that it was so it was rusted to the to the bottom of the car, and it, they would have needed a blowtorch to get it off. <laughs> oh jeez! Right? Okay, okay, that bad. And they said the okay. suspension's fallen apart. The thing's a rusty piece of junk, and they said it's not roadworthy. In fact, the mechanic that she took it to. Immediately, because she was having trouble getting, getting the thing to even start, the mechanic that she took it to would not let her drive it away. He said, it's not safe. I will not let you drive this car off this lot. That's how bad the car is. And it just made me wonder. And, and granted, there are people who know way more about cars than others. Uh, there are people who know a thousand more, you know, a thousand times more about cars than I do. And, and I don't consider myself a novice to all of this. But when you go to buy a car, do you have any idea what to look for? Because obviously this woman didn't.
4: And I don't want to blame, although that's sort of what we're doing is is blaming her for that. Um, I mean, keep in mind, he's the one that sold her the car oh, that, yeah. you know, he shouldn't have.
1: He bears responsibility. There's no question yeah. about that.
4: But it is a question of if you're not a car expert, and I will be the first one to put myself in this category. What do you do when you are car shopping before you hand over the money to make sure that this car is what they say it is and to make sure it's gonna be safe and that it's gonna be something that you want. One of the things I was always told, and I, I've done this multiple times where I I just have always had to buy my own cars and just do that research on my own. Yeah. And occasionally I will take, like, a friend's husband with me. I ran my last car by you, you know, just to make sure. I have a really good mechanic that we all go to. I asked him about it. But never once have I, like, taken the car for an inspection or had a mechanic look at it before I wrote a check.
1: Yeah, and that's not a bad idea, especially because not everybody can be expected to know anything about cars. You don't, most of us don't need to. Okay, it's, it's never really going to be an issue. So I guess that first thing, again, is wait to see who blinks. If you tell the person, okay, I'm interested in the car, uh, I'm agreed with you on price, we're okay there, I want to take it to my mechanic and have him look it over. If they say no, Run.
4: My first thought is make sure it's a licensed dealer. Yeah. And I assume that's something that is public knowledge. I assume that's something you can
1: find online. You should be able to look that up. Uh, yeah. Or I, call. Uh, Or just have them produce their license. If he tells you he's a licensed dealer, say, great, let me see the license. Now, obviously, if it's a brick and mortar, you know, we're talking right. about private sales off of Facebook or off of, where, of Craigslist or wherever. If it's right. a brick and mortar, they should have that stuff on display in their lobby. But if somebody tells you they're a licensed dealer and you don't know better, you know, that it's not obvious, ask them to produce the license. And if they don't, run.
4: The next thing I'm doing is looking at the Carfax. Because if she had done that, the rolling, the warning about the odometer was there. What else do you do to make sure? Again, if you're not a car expert... You don't have a man, you know, you're you're not married, you don't have that guy that can go with you, and, you can, you know,
1: you want to do it on your own, too. Yeah. Well, and, and see, the real worry with this one, and I've said this before, uh, with this particular car, From this is just my eyes looking at pictures of this from their story and watching the video that they had from Channel 4, is that it was rusty on the bottom from stem to stern. I mean, the entire thing. And a lot of guys will, will kind of slough that off and say, oh, it's just surface rust, all cars do that. First of all, no, <laughs> and and second of all, if it is that rusty from front to back, the worry is it was sitting in water, that it was a, oh, a that it was a flood car and it was sitting in water, and if you're it doesn't help you as much with SUVs and with uh, with minivans, but if you're buying a passenger car, just a regular sedan or a coupe or something like that. Pull up the back seat. Look underneath the back seat. If you see anything under, I mean, you're going to see stuff like Cheerios and, you know, and, and you know, little bits of, of French fries that got dropped down. But if you see what looks like dried up water mm-hmm. uh, and, and debris that's under the seat, dirt and mud and dried stuff that's that's under there, run. That car was sitting in flood water. You do not want it. 913-586-7798.
4: What do you do? Let's go What's to, your advice? Let's
1: go to Alan, and, uh, Alan rather, in Merriam. Hey, Alan. Hey, how's it going today? Going well. What do you think? Right. Good, good. Well, I'll tell you, I, I own an auto repair shop,
5: and my uh, advice to all my customers is definitely to have an inspection done on that vehicle before you buy it. Um, we have a, a just a, a new car pre-purchase inspection we do on vehicles, and I would say probably lucky if 50% of them leave with a good Good bill of health. Yeah. Um, there's just so many things that can be wrong with a car. And I'll tell you, a lot of times these cars these days are bought from all over the country. Um, a lot of times the the dealers that sell them don't even know how bad the problems are. So uh, we see that from time to time, too. But, you know, that rust, a lot of times you're talking about something has been up in the northeast, something like that, uh, you know, where there's a lot of chemicals down for weather, something near the ocean. We got salt water in the air. Yep. You see a lot of rusting issues like that. The vehicles that aren't from you know a good area. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a big one. Get it, get it, get it inspected. Uh, Alan, unfortunately, we tell a lot of people after they've bought the car that you know you should have had it inspected, and that's a bad conversation to have.
4: So I want to ask a question because to me, there's yep. um, I feel like there's a broad range here between sure. a, a car being you know perfect. You know, drive it off the lot; it's perfect. And being this car that we're talking about, I feel like there's a lot of gray area there. So what's, what would prompt you to tell someone don't buy this car? Because there are things that make it not perfect, but still okay. What would make you say no way, no
6: how?
5: Yeah, well, safety, you know, I mean, if it's just, if it's just not safe to drive, then that's something I'm, I'm drawing the line at, you know, tell somebody I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, Anybody in this car wouldn't put a family member. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't uh, recommend driving it. It's it's a safety issue. And, you know, we, we've definitely seen vehicles that are rusted so badly that the frames are rusted in half. Yeah. You know, that's that's not a vehicle that's safe to go down the road. Are the brakes safe on that vehicle? You know, you're talking about steel brake lines that are underneath the vehicle that rust out a lot quicker than frames do. So, there's, it's a matter of safety most times, and of course, yeah, that that always comes into play. Like what, how much are they asking for this car? You know, if it's a, a very cheap car, you know, these days. <laughs> cars are so expensive it's ridiculous so you know you get what you pay for sometimes but that still doesn't mean you take advantage of somebody and put them in something that's completely
1: unsafe that's exactly yeah right and when you talk about brakes i mean that was another thing that came up with this car when channel 4 had their guy look at it he said these brakes are going to fall off the car They, they they're just not safe. so let's talk about costs in another respect so i'm looking at buying an old car you know a 10 year old car or whatever and yeah it's it, you know the seats are maybe a little ripped up and it's it's got some wear and tear on it but it doesn't sure. look that bad to me and he's going to charge me 3500 bucks for it what would it cost me to take that car to you and have you look it over
5: you know our basic pre-purchase inspections are right about 150 bucks that's exactly it, what i was it, thinking yes yep yep it's a very broad look at at all systems of the vehicle um, there may be a time, you know, where we say, "Hey, you know what? we we have a concern with this particular issue, and we may recommend, you know, let's say for instance, we may recommend doing a compression test on a on a very high mileage car, where that might be an additional charge. Yep. But but 95% of the people that bring you know bring a car in for a pre-purchase inspection are paying me 150 bucks to get a, a pretty thorough. Printed out inspection, you know. A lot of times, even if if we tell them it's a good car to buy, most times they're probably making that hundred fifty bucks back when they go back with that inspection and say, "Hey, my guy says it needs this, this, and this," and they're either discounting or getting some work done to the car before you buy it anyhow. So yes. it's the best hundred fifty bucks, or or you know whatever that inspection fee that that any repair shop, uh, most repair shops will do them, and it's it's the
4: best money you'll ever spend. Alan, real quick, how long does it take? Um, I would say, you know, just, just on average about an hour. Okay, because I'm just wondering, I've never asked for that anytime I bought yeah. a car. So I don't, like, do dealerships argue that or or let you take the car out for the two hours to go do the inspection?
5: So I'll tell you this. I mean, number one, if somebody doesn't want the car inspected, just as, as you were right. talking about, run. I mean, there's, If if they're not confident enough that a mechanic's going to tell you it's a good buy, you're probably wasting your time and money. Um, There are a couple of dealerships I know of that have a policy that they will not let inspections be done, but those that I'm aware of also have a buyback policy within like five days of purchasing the vehicle. So their thing is, if you buy the vehicle, you go to get it inspected, and your mechanic says it's it's not a good vehicle bring it back and 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 you'll get your money back and uh the, the couple of dealerships i know that have that policy are reputable and they stand by that but okay. um you know it's always a concern when somebody says no i don't want your mechanic to look
1: at it yeah, no <laughs> hey listen uh-huh. that's great advice and yeah i couldn't i couldn't agree more on that 150 bucks for the inspection alan thank you and, yeah. and thanks a lot for calling in hey you bet
2: have a great day you do thanks, the same alan life.
4: So it's not a lot of money in the grand scheme of what you're 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 paying for a car, but that still hurt. Like I wouldn't want to get the inspection done unless I was very very close to buying the car. Sure, you don't do that on every car you're going to test drive. You do that when you've test driven multiple. You've done your own peak, peak and see. You know you've you've done all that yourself.
1: Yeah. That's the last
4: thing you do. Um, And,
1: and, you know, he brought it up and at least one person brought it up on the text line as well, that that rust up underneath and up in the undercarriage a lot of times can come from road salt. The difference is if you you have a car that's been driven up in the Northeast and it's got road salt problems, generally speaking, that's going to be... In a couple of specific locations, that'll be behind the front wheels, behind the back wheels, because that's where the water gets kicked up, and up in the uh, in the area under the top of the of the fender on both sides. So there are some specific areas with this one. The reason why I suspected it had been sitting in water for a while is that rust up underneath, including on the uh, on the spare tire and all up underneath the floor of the car, was very even. There were no bad spots. It was all bad. And that to me says that is likely a car that's been sitting in water for a while. And and you just I mean that, that will do so much damage to so many different parts of the car, the engine included, that yeah, you don't want anything that's been in that situation. Um it that there, there is a big difference between surface rust and what he was talking about, where the frame is so rusty the car is just gonna fall apart and, and just mm-hmm. sit down in the middle. Um but uh, uh, you know, the, there are a couple of places you can look. if you. Here's another great piece of advice, by the way. Open the hood, and I, I know what you're thinking. I don't know what I'm looking at under there. You don't really have to. I mean, the engine is one thing, but m- most cars that have been built gee, since the 70s have what are called McPherson struts on the front. Yeah. And, and that's when you open the hood up toward the, the corners, like where the windshield comes down. Uh, like those two corners of the inside of the engine bay that's where the top of those struts are located it's a circle you'll see a silver circle inside of a big metal pillar that's got three uh three bolts on you know going around that little circle that's what you're looking for if you see rust on those strut towers do not buy the car that car's falling apart
4: a bunch of you are weighing in on the text line, feel free to give us a call, 913-586-7798. We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your comments next on KMBZ. What do you do to make sure you are not this woman who bought this SUV from a guy in Olathe? He didn't have a license like he said he did. The car was a mess. Um, it had had the odometer had been rolled back. It was falling apart. It was rust in every direction. Brakes were about to break in half. Everything, everything was in really bad shape. We're just trying to do a little little public education here yeah. about what you do.
1: And do you feel like you know? I mean, do, do you feel like when you go out to buy a car, like you have any idea what to look for? Um, and with that, we'll go back to it and uh, talk to Jacob in Platte City up next. Hey, Jacob.
2: Oh, hey, John. Well, fortunately for me, I mean, I've, been, I've been a semi-truck mechanic for a lot of years. I'm a certified state inspector. I know what to look for. I've owned a lot of clapped-out junk. Um, I generally prefer to drive it um, just because – now, there's a little saying shiny paint equals less stress <laughs> but that's just me but uh as far as two things i wanted to address is just because they're a licensed motor vehicle dealer doesn't mean you're going to be any you really getting protections used cars just don't they're pretty well as is you don't get a whole lot of protection with them um of whether you bought a private sale or not um ask me how i know
1: uh, yeah, I understand. I forget you've probably been there a time or two.
2: Uh, Well, I mean, I'm going through it right now. Yeah. Uh, just spent 15 grand on a truck and uh, uh, come find out I had a blown head gasket.
1: Ooh, not so, fun.
2: Yep, I'll deal with it. But second thing is the spare tire thing. That's not necessarily an indication of rust. Um, as anybody, anybody listening who's owned a, like, 99 to 06 Chevy truck will attest to this that if you need a spare tire, keep a grinder on hand. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're very well known to um, rock. Um, I'll give you a good example. Last truck I had, it was a uh, no, it was a county truck out in central Kansas, and it spent its whole life on dirt roads. And the frame, and the rear tires, uh, it had two holes in the bed just where it constantly had dirt being kicked up on it all day long. So, so just uh, – yeah.
1: go ahead. I was just going to say, so what would you tell people to look for? I mean, what, what are the spots that, that you always check first so that you know that the thing is at least roadworthy?
2: worthy um, Suspension. Uh, I'll give you another good example. The Nissan Titan I have now, the guy brought it over to me, I took it for a quick spin first thing, um, noticed some popping in the front end, and I, and I always ask, ask them before I start looking. And usually get to, oh, I don't know, it didn't do that when I drove it. Yeah. And uh, I climbed under, looked at it, had a broken front spring. No big deal, hundred dollar fix. Run all with my life. I've been a good truck to me. Right. Um but just uh the biggest thing for me when I go look at a vehicle is when I get there, first thing I do is open the hood and feel the engine, see if it's warm or cold. If it's been if it's if it's warm I I'm immediately on guard
1: because they, yeah, because they warmed it up so that it would start better when you got there. Yeah.
2: More, so, or that, or it would hide noise, funny noises or yeah. something like that. Cause it's back to the fact that I've owned a lot of Chevy trucks.
1: I got you Hey, Those... listen, I, I we, we got to let you go Jacob, because I, I want to get Liz and St. Joe on it real quick before the top of the hour, but thank you. That's, it's all good advice. Uh, Thanks Jacob. Let's keep going yeah, yeah. Let's go right to Liz. Hi Liz. Welcome in.
6: Hello. Um, so I'm actually actively looking for a vehicle now, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, a lot of things that I look for is I'm, I've bought lots of vehicles over the years and some good, some, some not so good. So the mm-hmm. main things I really look for is strange things that have not been corrected that should have before they get put on the lot. For example, when I looked at last week that one of the zippers was broken, a knob was missing, like, um, it hadn't been detailed. There was a spill on the side. You know, if they're not taking that care just to make sure that it's presentable for, you know, made a purchase, I don't. I'm not really happy with that dealership. And second thing is, is if the previous owner didn't care enough about it to maintain those small things, yeah. What major things are they not maintaining? Two tools that I have used recently is the National Insurance Crime Bureau. So that you look up, you put in the VIN number and it tells you if that title has been marked as um...
1: salvage title. Yeah, Uh, exactly. Yeah.
6: Sorry, couldn't think of it. (laughs) Gotcha. And then the second one is the um, Department of Transportation has a VIN lookup to see whether or not there's any recalls on the vehicle. Um that great have advice not
1: been taken care of. Hey, we um, we gotta run at thanks, that Liz. list. Thank you. Yeah, great job. And yeah, it's all good advice, but just yeah, you gotta look and look hard.
6: All
4: right, coming up, we will update the effort to lower the voting age in Missouri. Get to that coming up on K M B Z.